It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 13th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, I'm going to address a rumor, or not a rumor, but a trade suggestion that has been floating around kind of the Magicverse uh, for a little while. I'll talk a little bit about what I think of that suggestion. It's not a rumor. It is a suggestion uh, and discussion, as well as kind of what the Magic have to do this summer, kind of repeating something that I know I've said on this podcast before. We'll then also hear from John Hollinger and Chad Ford from Chad Ford's NBA Big Board about their early look at the NBA draft. We'll, we'll Hit a couple of the hit a couple of what they think about a couple of prospects that I know interest the Orlando Magic and talk a little bit about the NBA draft uh, coming up at the end of the show. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. The Chicago Bulls obviously in the spotlight here. With uh, with the last dance, you can check out Locked On Bulls. Uh, if you want to know a little bit more about the opponents that you'll be learning about in Sunday's episodes, check out Locked On Pacers and Locked On Jazz. I'm sure they are getting ready for their turn in the last dance, just like we had our turn on Sunday. No matter what team you're interested in, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, college, or NHL 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just go wherever you download podcasts and search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Additionally, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Before we dive into the offseason and, 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 and some of the things that have been kind of bouncing around uh, around Magic fans uh, that, that was bouncing around enough that I felt like I needed to address it a little more head-on. Um, there is a little bit of news and a little bit of movement going on within the NBA. Of course, uh, states have begun to open up. Arizona's announced that, that they would permit uh, sporting events uh, without fans, uh, NBA, NFL, MLB, you know, all those sporting events uh, beginning Saturday. No one's lining up to start quite yet. Here in Florida, of course, that, that's kind of already been, uh, you know, unspoken but but probably true that 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 uh, that sporting events are considered essential activities or, or they're considered essential workers so they are permitted to work under Florida stay home at, stay home stay at home orders which are still in effect but not but not entirely in effect we're in phase one of reopening I got my haircut today very very happy about that but you know still still definitely a little uneasy to still definitely very very different going on here 
The Orlando Magic reportedly did not open their training facility Tuesday. They still had some things they wanted to clean up and and do to prepare. Supposedly, they will open up on Wednesday. So players will begin heading back to the training facility. I know Mo Bamba uh, posted on his Instagram that, that he was celebrating his birthday by going to a gym that wasn't the Magic's training facility. Evan Fournier posted on his Instagram while he did workouts in his garage that soon that soon he'll be back at work. So it definitely sounds like everyone is very eager to play basketball or to be back in the training facilities again and very eager to be able to just kind of get basketball work in an NBA training facility. As much as your local gym is great, it is not the Advent Health Practice Facility. It is not a, a, a dedicated basketball facility. And I think, especially with the weight room, uh, I think I think players are just eager to kind of get back to work, as, as we all are. I mean, I think... Throughout the country, you know, we all understand the sacrifice that we're having to make right now to kind of slow the spread of the virus. Um, but all of us are eager to work and eager to get back to some semblance of a normal life, even if we have to scale that back and, and be patient to get back to full gear uh, while we wait this thing out. But everyone, like I said, is eager to get back to work. And and, and the movement that seemed to, to be going on within the NBA is, is twofold. First, uh, the NBA and, and the NBA Players Association on Monday agreed to extend the deadline, uh, the 60-day deadline to uh, terminate the CBA. Essentially, uh, the, the force majeure clause in the, in the NBA's collective bargaining agreement requires the NBA to act within 60 days of the hiatus. Both the Players Union and the NBA agreed to extend that another 60 days. So that that's that's good news for everyone. The, the NBA still kind of holds that force majeure uh, cancellation in their back pocket and, and there's labor peace for now. That was at least a sign that there was some optimism that they could still play the season this year. Adrian Wojnarowski goes a step further, saying that there is even more optimism that the NBA is going to be returning at some point this season. Um, in what capacity, it's still not clear. And certainly the biggest thing that they're concerned about is testing. And and uh, I think Woj's tweet was a little mis- misworded. Um, it, it, but certainly they are at least prepared for and thinking about the possibility that even if they go into a bubble or as Adam Silver is trying to call it, purportedly trying to call it more of a a campus setting, even if they do go into the bubble and there's something that happens in the bubble, they need to be prepared to move forward. They need to be prepared to find a way to to keep things moving and and get the season back going if they play. On top of all this, a collection of star players apparently were on a conference call. Giannis, Chris Paul, LeBron, Chris Paul, of course, president of the Players Association, LeBron James among among them, Kevin Durant among them, got on a conference call and appeared to agree to a united front to say that we want to play games this season. It's small news, yes, and, and it's not really concrete news. No one's saying when they will play. The, the most concrete news that we have, honestly, is MLS. MLS reportedly is preparing to present a plan to have everyone come to Orlando by June 1st for training with the season starting July 1st. If there's, honestly, with MLB also proposing a plan to begin playing again on July July 4th weekend, it is really pointing to sports will be back in some capacity beginning of July. That is looking like the earliest that we will get sports back. Certainly, I think... You know, uh, the leagues want to make sure that they can ramp everyone back up and make sure everyone's healthy from a physical standpoint, not just from a coronavirus standpoint uh, and from a virus standpoint, 
They want to make sure everyone can be healthy and play these games at their fullest capacity, especially the NBA with so little time before the season begins or the season ends and the playoffs begin. All this is to say that, yes, there is some movement. Yes, it it does look like the league is pointing to signs that they will resume play at some point. When that will be and what that will look like is still the big unknown. It's still the thing that nobody has any clue how it will work or what it will look like. We're still just in this little baby step of opening training facilities. And and I think I think that the key for the NBA, and forget the other sports who've put specific dates or, or there's reporting of specific dates, I think the NBA is right to stay vague at the moment. I think the NBA is doing its job, reviewing all the possible contingencies, reviewing everything that it can, and staying vague about its return. They don't know when they will be able to come back because they don't know if the conditions will be met that will make that that will allow them the comfort, and it is comfort, that all their players will be safe. Both again on the court and from the coronavirus. But I think the clue that came from Tuesday is that it is inevitable it will happen. And so I think it is inevitable we will see NBA basketball sometime in the midsummer. Sometime in the summer, we will see this season finish, we will see the playoffs, and we will get a conclusion to the 2020 season, no matter how satisfying or unsatisfying it might be. But that's really all we know at this point. And I, and I don't want to say much more, but there's certainly movement, and that is certainly very, very, very good. You've been hearing us talk about Built Bar now for several, several weeks. I mean, we're all sports podcast guys. We all supposedly like sports. We all supposedly like to work out. And Built Bars are really the, the perfect supplement to your workout, the kind of quick protein bar that you need to really boost your workout in every single way. Built Bars are tasty. They are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They come in 16 amazing flavors, all covered in 100% chocolate. Not, not all at once. You don't have to like kind of break them open. The, the, each individual bar is covered in chocolate. And chocolate is good. And a chocolate in a, in a way that is somewhat healthy is even better. They're soft and easy to chew, and they are extremely healthy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Just check out the peanut butter brownie bar. 20 grams of protein. 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. Sounds delicious too. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're all kind of 
you know, wasting time a little bit here as we wait for the season to begin. So I've spent a lot of my time focusing on Magic history with Magic Classics airing on Fox Sports Florida as well as The Last Dance. Um, getting into a little bit of offseason things, I, I tend to be very compartmentalized. I worry about the offseason, the offseason, and the season during the season. So I'm still a little bit in season mode. You know, I, I I honestly don't know how much to think about, how much to think about what's going on right now. But I have thought a little bit about the offseason. And, and, and I, I think... Bleach Report is doing a, a very interesting experiment where they're having some, they're having essentially Twitter users um, of note control their teams and, and doing kind of a mock offseason. And if you get an alert from it on your phone, just double check that it's from that from the, the the fantasy league and not from the real league. It's it's been a little it's been a little crazy, I think, for some fans of their teams. I'm not gonna, you know. Bleacher Report is Bleacher Report. Um, you know, I, 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 I respect a lot of what they do. Um, you know, I, 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 I understand where it comes from and, and, and I understand some of the traffic uh, uh, logic behind it or the traffic strategy behind it. And, and I don't hate it. I mean, people read it. People read it. Um, I, I, I've, I, you know me around the trade deadline. I'm always very, very careful um, of which rumors we spread, which, which debates we spread, which reports we spread. And which things we discuss, which trade rumors we discuss. And I often say at the trade deadline, you know, with rumors especially, it is not the rumor that interests me. I don't care that the, you know, that Team X is interested in, T- in player Y. I, that doesn't interest me. What interests me is why and who benefits from something leaking. At the end of the day, though, it's all good conversation. I often say, Reporting when it comes to to trades and, and transactions is often behind the reality. You know, something leaks because someone's trying to do something. But it's all good discussion. Speculation is good discussion. And while I, I don't always like to dive into pure speculation, to pure thinking like, oh, you know, what if the Magic tried to do this? What if the Magic tried to go after that guy? That... That, you know, I get that that drives traffic. I get that people are interested in it and people are talking about it. That's not what interests me. But when enough people are talking about something that, yes, I take my cues from my audience. When my audience is is talking or brings something to my attention or says, hey, did you see this discussion? Did you see that? I do want to listen to it because you guys are my audience. And, and so I, I, the reason I interact so much online, if you follow me at R underscore MD or at omagicdaily, is... You guys are my audience. I want to know what you're thinking. I don't want to dismiss what you're thinking. I, I'm all, I, I try to be very careful in my conversations. Not to dismiss what people are saying. You're a ma- you're Magic fan as much as anyone else. Your perspective matters. And I, and I always want to be cognizant of it. If I'm not, I apologize. I, I, and, and please tell me I'm not because I want to do better. That's, that's part of my goal. That's part of my philosophy in doing this. Is you know I, I don't always want my voice to overwhelm the room. You know, I know I have this platform. I know I have my the blog. I know I have this podcast. I, I I don't always come full forward with my opinions on what the magic should do or say the magic should go get this guy because that's I don't see that as my role. Um, I don't see it as productive because if they don't get that guy or they don't do this or that, then you know then I have to kill the team for not doing what I want and and that's that you know ultimately I have no control over that. And ultimately, too, and I always have you always have to remember this. Too, I always, I am always reminding myself of this. The teams have more information than we do, and it, that doesn't mean necessarily trust them. That doesn't necessarily mean be they don't be critical when they make a move that doesn't make sense to you. But 
At the same time, it means understanding that there's always a reason behind something. And to me, it's more interesting to figure out the reason behind something than, than anything else. Now, again, if, if, there's, if, if, if something really puzzles me, I let, I let it be known. I, I don't think I hold back my opinions here. Um, but but I, I tend to follow. I don't want to lead discussions in a certain way. I want to, you know, kind of bring up questions and thoughts that uh, that force, you know, maybe force the audience to rethink some things a little bit or, or think about things a little bit. Um, you know, again, I often say with trade rumors, especially, it's not the rumor that that's interesting. It's why the rumor exists, and that's kind of the approach I, I took to an interesting discussion that came up among Magic fans uh, late last week. Bleacher Report did a, a post, essentially saying, you know, these are the trades that teams in the lottery should make. And believe it or not, the Magic were involved in two or three of them, which is why I think it's going to be important to, to talk a little bit about the draft uh, at all levels. And I'll, I'll get into some of my draft takes here coming up with the full understanding that I, I still have a little bit of, of, of research to do, a little bit, little, bit, little bit more to dive into that. But one rumor in particular really jumped out to people. It's essentially the magic trading Aaron Gordon, along with some other pieces, are, are, are to the Golden State Warriors for the first overall pick and some other pieces. A lot of people really like that trade. A lot of people really liked it, and, and it, it really picked up steam um, among, uh, uh, as a discussion point, not as a rumor, because it is not a rumor. It is, however, something that has come up and deserves to be addressed. The first time that I heard of this idea of the Magic trading into a top five top pick using Aaron Gordon and using the Golden State Warriors in particular because they're a more veteran team, they still view themselves as championship contenders when Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson are back next year. They have Andrew Wiggins now. A rookie may not really help them. There may not be room for a rookie to really contribute, although Golden State certainly needs to bolster their bench now. Their bench got gutted uh, after, that cha- after, after last season. Uh, but Josh Robbins and Sam Vecini of The Athletic were really the first group of people that, that discussed this idea seriously. Um, uh you know, again, discussion, not reporting, not anything based in fact, just kind of idle thinking. And so there's something to it that the Magic do have a really good young asset in 24-year-old Aaron Gordon. They have perhaps the ability to trade up in the draft and get something of value. Now, my, my early NBA draft hot take is I don't think the players at the top of this draft will help the Magic very much. Anthony Edwards is sort of the runaway, so so far sort of the runaway top overall pick. Um, he, The video that I've seen of him, he is a good scorer, but not anywhere near efficient enough to be the kind of scorer that I think the Magic need. Um, and I'm not convinced that he is, I'm not convinced that he is going to be the guy. I, I don't think, you know, if I have the number one pick, I spend it on him because I do think he's probably he's probably the best player in this draft. I don't think I am making it a point to go after him, is, is, is what I'm saying. And you just kind of go down the line. I know a lot of Magic fans were, were, were high on LaMelo Ball, 
And I'm not that high on LaMelo Ball. I don't think he's a good enough shooter. And I, I honestly, I don't think you can play him with Markel Fultz. So if you're drafting LaMelo Ball, you're moving on from Markel Fultz, which, you know, maybe I'm not convinced LaMelo Ball is going to be better than Markel Fultz. I'll, I'll say it that way. He probably will be. But again, do you expend a high-value asset in Aaron Gordon to get him? Honestly, and I truly believe this, the guys that are that will be available to the Magic at 15, or around 15, Devin Vassell, uh, Aaron Neesmith, uh, even Sadiq Bey, possibly RJ Hampton, I think the Magic can get quality talent around where they will be drafting. And in fact, as we'll hear from Chad Ford, this draft is particularly middle-heavy. So to me, trading up to the top five, it isn't for me. I, I don't think that this is the draft to do it, especially for a player like Aaron Gordon. I am still an Aaron Gordon guy. I, I still think that he, he he may not have star written on him, and certainly that's kind of the big step that the Magic have to take now, and there are big, there are big questions to ask uh, outside of that, but... That's not the deal that I make. But, and I've said this to, to, to everyone that's asked me about this, just because I don't like the top of this draft doesn't mean Jeff Weltman and John Hammond don't. And I will fully admit, I have to do a little bit more research. I have to watch a little bit more. I have to watch Killian Hayes. I have to watch... Um, I have to watch some more Denny uh, uh, of Dia. I have to watch some more Anthony Edwards. I have to watch some more Lamelo Ball. I have to watch more of these top guys. I do. I still need. I do need to study the draft a little more. I I, I do lean on the NCAA tournament a little bit. Um, and and ever since the Magic became a playoff team and the day to day of the NBA season mattered a lot more, I've watched a lot less college basketball. So I fully admit I have to do a little bit more research on these guys and buy into these guys. The, the guys that I have looked into closely are the guys around 15. I've watched a lot of Devin Vassell because of Florida State. I watched Aaron Neesmith's tape and was very impressed with him. Um, RJ Hampton, I watched a little bit of, um, you know, it, it's more reputation with him. I understand, uh, I understand a lot of the criticisms of his game. Um, and there's not a lot of tape of him anyway because of the injury that he suffered in Australia. So, what? what's interesting, so just because, again, I don't like the top of this draft does not mean that the powers that be do not. And one thing that I think should be clear is if this front office believes their guy is in this draft and they have the ability to go get him, that is what they should do. To me, again, they have the. I agree. They have a trade trip in Aaron Gordon, and they have a lot of questions with Aaron Gordon. There are a lot of questions about whether Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac can play together. Neither are particularly good shooters. They're both probably better suited to play power forward. And while they're both very good defenders, which makes up for a lot of things, at some point, that, that, that there's friction there that's going to prevent one from really becoming the player that the Magic need. I would agree with this when it comes to this offseason. There are, 
there there is probably a little bit of an addition by subtraction gonna, that's going to happen this offseason. Jonathan Isaac might be given the freedom and the ability to be a better player, to be a more assertive, dominant player if Aaron Gordon's no longer there, if Evan Fournier is no longer there. You know, obviously Mo Bamba would get more minutes if Nikola Vucevic is not there, but... You know, you take maybe take Nikola Vucevic out of the lineup, and now all of a sudden his shots have to go somewhere else. The way the Magic have to create and play has to go somewhere else. You take Evan Forney out of the lineup, as we kind of saw in the final three games before the, the season went on hiatus, suddenly Markel Fultz has the ball in his hands a lot more. Younger players tend to defer to older players. That That's that's just kind of fact. And so you take some of those players out of the picture, and all of a sudden some of those guys you really want to feature have to step up. So yes, I, I I anticipate change for the Magic this year in some form or fashion because they have to start moving forward. I mean, again, they stagnated this year, so clearly something didn't quite work. But what has to happen this offseason is the Magic have to have a clear vision of the team they want to be and the players that fit that style. Yes, they hung tight from a team that finished 7th in the Eastern Conference and made the playoffs. Yes, they stuck with a a very similar group and they got a very similar result. There is it the stirring 22-9 run. You know, Steve Clifford Clifford reportedly told season ticket holders, uh, according to OrlandoMagic.com, that, you know, he really felt with the schedule and the way the Magic were playing, they were going to go on a run to end the season. They would have... He felt... He said... He felt that, no offense, Nets fans, he said he felt the team would finish seventh comfortably, if not for the league hiatus. And frankly, with eight of their next 10 at home and, and a fairly easy stretch over the next 12 or so games, the Magic probably would have gone on a little bit of a run. Two games against the Nets included in that. They probably would have made their stand. But at the end of the day, it, Yes, this season ended up exactly like last season. Same record, same spot in the playoffs, same probably the same result in the postseason too. We'll, we'll see about that one. And so yes, change has to come. And yes, we should be exploring and talking about every avenue for change to come. We should be talking about trading Aaron Gordon, or at least exploring the trade. Um, there's a report and a rumor that came out after the trade deadline, that the Magic chopped Aaron Gordon around. Wanted to see what they could get. And probably the best, you know, the reporting would say that Kelly Oubre was the best they could get for him. Magic decided to hold tight. And I agree with that. If the Magic don't see a deal they like, they should stand stand pat. They are in no rush. Aaron Gordon's got two years left on his contract. It's declining. He's 24 years old. He could still get a lot better. Keeping Aaron Gordon was more valuable than trading trading him just to trade him. And it's the same here. If there are no players at the top of this draft that they like, why expend the asset? Why trade a valuable player for essentially a worse player? Because So that stuff matters. That evaluation matters. But what has to happen is the team has to have a clear vision for what that looks like. What does an Aaron Gordon trade look like? What do the Magic want in a trade involving an Aaron Gordon, involving a Nikola Vucevic, involving an Evan Fournier? What do the Magic want? 
These are the questions that matter. These are ultimately the questions the Magic have to answer. What kind of team do they want to be? And how do they become that team? And we've talked a lot on draft night about the team's penchant for drafting athletic wings with long arms. Okay, how do you employ that? How do you make that work on a basketball court? Undoubtedly, the Magic's focus this offseason has to be shooting. And and I've really focused in, in my draft prep on the best shooters in this draft. Undoubtedly, the Magic need a star for lack of a better way to phrase it. They need a they need a dude. They need a guy that will take over games and dominate when he has to, that can score off the dribble and score when he wants. Fultz, when he was drafted, was that guy. Maybe he can be that guy again. Maybe Isaac has that in him. Hasn't really shown it to this point. But they, they need to upgrade the top end of their talent, their talent pool. And you know maybe that's what you're holding on to Aaron Gordon for, to find that guy to use in the trade for that guy. Maybe you can't. Maybe that's what you're thinking. And maybe maybe Anthony Edwards is that guy. And the Magic believe he's that guy. And they go after him and they get him. I have no problem with that. I may not think Anthony Edwards is the guy. But if the Magic do, and they're willing to take that gamble, they should do it. That's honestly what I would expect from this front office. It's time to really focus in on what's going to make this team hit that next level. And that's really what I think Magic fans locked on to when this report came out, when this, not report, when this suggestion came out that the Magic trade up into the top five of the draft. Because for Magic fans, Tracy McGrady and Richard Lewis are the only two all-stars the Magic have signed in free agency. Horace Grant was an all-star before he, before he came to Orlando. Every other all-star in Magic history, or, and Nikola Vucevic, I guess, was also an all-star that the Magic traded for, but that's not really the same thing. The Magic's best teams have always happened because of the draft. They haven't been able to, and, and, and not just the draft, the number one pick. The Magic have not been able to grow themselves from the middle. It is not something this franchise has done, ever. And so I get the allure of trading up into the draft. I don't think this is the draft to do it, but I get the allure. I get it. It makes sense. But if you do that, you need to make sure it's your guy. You need to make sure it's that's the guy you're chasing. And you have to do you have to make moves this offseason that fit the direction and the style and the way your team needs to play. The Magic have I'm I'm willing to say this, you know, regardless of how the season ends up, the Magic have made the playoffs for two straight years now. I, I'm fairly confident of that. We're no longer a team that's we're, you know, we're still a team that's building itself up and still putting all the pieces together. But they still have work to do. They have to add a piece here and there. They have to add development. They have to add shooting. They have to add some skills. They have to supplement what they've got and improve what they've got. And that's only going to happen if the Magic have a clear vision of what and who they want to be. And that's what this summer is ultimately going to be about. That's what this offseason is going to be about. Is implementing that vision. And that's ultimately how Jeff Weltman and his front office 
will be judged how they implement that vision and how far they can really take it. We've all had a little bit more time on our hands lately with uh, social distancing and staying at home and all that, but let me tell you about one of the ultimate life hacks that you can use from your own home. It's hard to find time to sit down to read and learn more, even, even when we're stuck at home. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestsellers list, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had the time to. Choose from some great popular books, such as The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, Becoming by Michelle Obama, or How Champions Think in Sports and in Life by Dr. Bob Rotella and Bob Collin. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial, and you'll also save 25% off. But only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, uh, we've been trying to kind of introduce you to some of the other great podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Chad Ford, formerly of ESPN, is on the Locked On Podcast Network getting you ready for the NBA draft with Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Chad Ford kind of revolutionized NBA draft coverage uh, in the NBA's you know, always one of the more reliable draft draft guys following the draft, following the NBA from a draft perspective. And he spoke with former Memphis Grizzlies executive John Hollinger recently about this year's NBA draft. Um, I think it's an interesting conversation. I'm going to play uh, about a five-minute snippet here for you uh, to, to kind of get a flavor of what they talk about and sort of an introdu- introduction a little bit into this year's draft class. So enjoy from Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Uh, download wherever you can, wherever you wherever you find your podcast from Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Here is Chad Ford and John Hollinger discussing the 2020 NBA Draft.
Now I want to dive into moving down a little bit into the later lottery. We've talked about 10 to 12 prospects in this draft so far on this podcast. I want to bring in some new guys to talk about this time. And while I think it's a very legitimate complaint that there aren't superstars at the top of this draft, there is no Zion Williamson or jaw, there's no, that doesn't mean the draft is necessarily terrible. I wouldn't want to have the number one pick and think I'm getting a franchise changer here. There's some depth in this draft. Yeah. If you're any of these teams who are picking, say 10 through 40 or so, you're going to be pretty happy. I think with the, with the idea that you have a good chance of getting a player who can be part of your rotation for the next several years, because I do think there is a pretty decent depth of of rotation, let's say, quality in this draft, even if there aren't really stars, especially at the backcourt. There are a ton of guards. I want to start with a guy that I know you're really high on. I'm also really high on him. He isn't surprisingly very high on some of the draft boards that I've seen, but a lot of NBA teams that I'm talking to are on this guy as well. Let's start with Devin Vassell out of Florida State. Yeah, Plug and play, three and D guy. I think he's a top ten pick. Okay, I, I, his combination of shooting ability, uh, ability to shoot off the dribble, has a very high release on his shot and gets elevation on it. He's going to be able to score one on one in the league. Uh, good defender, long arms, uh, skinny guy, but actually rebounds really well. Uh, ten point nine rebounds per hundred possessions in ACC games. That's really good for a guard. Um, just a, just a good, solid all around player. The biggest question on him is probably just how much we'll be able to do on the ball. Uh, doesn't have an amazing handle, doesn't get all the way to the rim a lot, but his overall feel for the game is pretty good. He's a good decision maker. I think his handle is just limited, but he makes the right pass and the right play, reads the game at the defensive end, knows what he's doing at that end. I think he can be, uh, a, a, plus defender, if not a lockdown defender, uh, and then you add in the shooting component, like he could definitely fire away from long range. I think he'll be a good NBA three-point shooter. Uh, reminds me a little bit of a guy we had in Memphis by the name of Courtney Lee, uh, except I think he has maybe even more upside as a, as a higher level three and D guy, can, can shoot threes maybe at more volume than Courtney did and, and uh, maybe, maybe contribute at a little higher level. Agree with everything that you said about him. Really seems to me to be, I, I, there's no sure things in the draft, but it seems given everything that he has done at Florida State, his fit in the NBA, at least the modern NBA, is obvious. You talked a little bit in the last podcast, the league's constantly evolving, and a prospect that might be a top pick 20 years ago or even 10 years ago drops in a draft like this and certain prospects elevate and it seems like his game is just tailor-made for what NBA teams are looking for as far as value from prospects. Absolutely, yeah. And just these these positions, I mean, these are positions where you pay end up paying 20 million dollars uh to get guys who who aren't all-stars. And and so I think the value proposition is really there uh when you get towards I'm not even saying the latter half of the lottery. I'm saying like even in, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there where the, that value proposition really, really starts making sense. I want to talk about another guy that's 
considered a three and D, though there's no three in this part. So maybe just D is the only thing that you can really necessarily say about him right now. But a guy that gets ranked everywhere from top five to 15, depending on the teams you talk to, Isaac Okoro. Yeah, another really interesting player. Um, I worry sometimes that the draft over-indexes on muscles and body, right? Because you look at his frame, you go, oh, my goodness, okay, this guy's an NBA player. I, um, I, I like him. I like a lot of things about him. He Offensively, he makes the right play. He, he is an explosive leaper when he gets ahead of steam. Uh, had some really impressive poster dunks this year. Uh, I think he'll be more of a threat in the open space and transition game that he can play more in the NBA. Good first step, especially going to his right, but he's he's like a straight-line right-hand driver. There's no wiggle to his game at all. Uh, not really a shooter. Seemed a little more comfortable shooting off the dribble, actually. Uh, defensively, he's good. Like He's strong. He can slide his feet. Um, not super handsy or active, though. Like he um, And what's weird about him is he doesn't rebound. Like I don't understand with that athleticism and that body how he doesn't get – uh, more rebound. So I'd say he's a work in progress, but I think he's a plus NBA defender right from the word go. And then you're just figuring in how good can we get him offensively. So as John and Chad say there, and make it pretty clear there, that this draft is pretty middle heavy. I mean, you could go back and listen to, to their great podcast, Chad, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board for John Hollinger's perspective on how teams actually approach the draft and how they use analytics to approach the draft. John Hollinger, of course, worked for the Memphis Grizzlies over the last few seasons. Um, and, and they talk about the kind of the, the top-end players in this draft. So your, your, your LaMelo Ball, your, your uh, Anthony Edwards, all, all those players. Um, but they're pretty dead set that this is a middle-heavy draft. And, and the Magic are slated to, to draft 15th. And like they said, and I, I tend to agree with this in, in my initial evaluation of this draft, it is definitely a place where you can get a quality player at 15. I feel very comfortable that at 15, the Magic can get a player that will help them probably next year, but be a solid, be a rotation player for them. And especially drafting at 15, I think that's okay. I think that's what you're looking for. And again, there there are the potential to, potentials to hit some home runs with how the draft stacks up. I mean, I don't think I've, I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have Devin Vassell going in the top 10, but... They both clearly think Devin Vassell is, is a top talent in this draft, someone that really fits the modern NBA. I tend to agree. I really like him. Uh, someone like Aaron Neesmith from Vanderbilt, uh, I'm really beginning to like. I think he could be a really solid player for any team that drafts him, as long as the medicals come clear. He, he missed most of the season with a, with a leg fracture. Um, so I, I think that there are some interesting players uh, that the Magic could take at their spot. And again, that's why I don't feel the need to trade up to expend an asset to go get a rookie. Rookies are notoriously unreliable. I don't think this team needs to get younger. Honestly, I think the Magic need to go out and get a veteran somewhere that can really, really help them kind of get over the top. I think that's kind of the stage that they are at. You can download that podcast, wherever you download podcasts, just search for Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Also, be sure to check out the latest episode of Locked on Fantasy Basketball. On Locked on Fantasy Basketball, they've begun doing draft scouting reports. The latest episode looks at Anthony Edwards of Georgia, the person presumptive, it seems like, top pick in the draft. Check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball wherever you download podcasts today. That's going to do it for me today, today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. 
Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter again at philiprr underscore me. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.